Hallelujah. Don't mind my dress tonight. We're talking about living uncommon. So I thought I would dress uncommon for a Wednesday night. I did it by faith. So, (laughs) hope you came by faith. You know, faith without works is... So you got to do what God tells you to do. No matter how silly your mind tells you that it might be. Amen? Amen. There are things that people have did in the Bible that maybe their minds told them, you know, this is crazy. For example, when Peter stepped out of a boat onto water. Your natural mind says, I'm going to sink and there's this storm going. But you got to do what God tells you to do. And when God says, come, you come. When God says, go, you go. So we're talking about living uncommon. And pastor last week uh, started this and, and defined this word uncommon as beyond the norm not usually known or experienced, unparalleled, out of ordinary, and remarkable. How many of you would like to experience something that's beyond the norm? Uh, Not usually known or experienced, out of the ordinary and remarkable. We got a couple sitting over here that the doctors wrote a, a report up on a healing that she had that it was Remarkable. I think that's where people, at least for Christians today, we want to live in that place where we can live every day in a place where it's unparalleled. It's out of the ordinary. Anybody can live common, but I, I don't know about you, but I am pursuing a life that's uncommon. And that life that's uncommon is found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't care how good of a life people think they might have. If they don't have Jesus Christ, then they don't have a life. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, come on, and the life. So, uncommon is something that is out of the ordinary. It's remarkable. It's out of the norm, beyond the norm. And the the title of this series is Living Uncommon. So I looked up this word living and what this word living means is a pursuit of a lifestyle of a specified type. So if we put those things together, what it's saying is, is that is it's a pursuit of an uncommon lifestyle. So it's something that we have to do on purpose. We live on purpose. And so pursuing is something that that's an action. It's a verb. It's not something that's passive. It's something that's active. It's a verb. So when we pursue something, uh, we chase after it. When God got a hold of, of me and I began to pursue him, you know, it wasn't just to show up in church, do your religious duty anymore. It was... It was a fervent, uh, fiery, passionate love for God. And what I began to find out about our Father 
is that He has good things for us. Good, not bad. Good, not evil. And so there's this distinction that we have to make that God is good. The devil is bad. God is good all the time. The devil's bad all the time. And so when we understand that, then we understand when things happen in life, we can attribute it to one of two things. And so uh, Jesus said in this world, you have tribulation. We live in an imperfect world, a, a sinful world. And so if I want to pursue an uncommon lifestyle, I have to pursue the life that God has laid out for me to live. That's the uncommon life. Because anybody can walk and live the way the world lives. But, but we're not to be conformed to the world and its ways of doing things. But be transformed from it. We're here as uh, transients. We're here as, uh, what's the word? Passengers. Uh, fellow ser- sojourners. Aliens. And we're in this world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. So my life is a pursuit of the life that Jesus Christ, when he came on the inside of me and changed me, it's a pursuit of the life that he's promised that I could live. Does everyone live this life? No, because not everyone pursues it. But if we will pursue this lifestyle, that God promises in his word that if you believe you'll receive. And so I, I think about places that, that God has taken uh, me that I never dreamed that I would go. We've been to Russia. We've been up into Siberia. And I remember <laughs> this one time we went over and it was 30 below zero. And, and I took um, jeans, you know, and I was wearing jeans. But their jeans are insulated with flannel. Which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I've been to several cities in Russia with ministry. I've been to uh, several cities in Ukraine on several trips over in that area. To Ghana, to Ethiopia, to South Africa, to to Kenya, England. I mean, all all over and. Just getting started. But my point is that I've ne- I never thought that I would go to all those places. But God will take you places you never dreamed that you, could, that you would ever go. If you'll pursue Him. And pursue the life that He has for you. The people I never thought I would meet. I've met people I never thought I would meet. I've, I've played golf with an NFL Hall of Famer. Because we showed up at the right time at the right place. And I said, hey, you, you play football, right? <laughs> and it, it was a guy named John Randall who had played for the Minnesota Vikings. And he, they, he would uh, paint this like Batman shadow around his face every day. And in fact, the NFL made a rule about him because when they would stick their hand on the ground in the three-point stance... He, as a defender, would pop their hand out, which would force them to uh, fall on the ground. And then they ruled that where you couldn't do that anymore because of him. 
And so, anyway, so people, you can, you'll meet people that you've never thought you'd meet. That's, that's the places God will take you, the people that He'll introduce you to, because the favor of God is on your life. Things I never thought I would do. It's a life that was established for me from the foundations of the world. It's a life that was established for you from the foundations of the world. This uncommon life where it's already mapped out. It's already planned. It's up to us to walk it out. It's up to us to pursue it. Outside of Jesus, there's no life. It's all in Him. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts I think towards you. Y'all know the scripture? Thoughts of what? Good, not of evil. To give you a what? Future and a what? And a hope. I looked up a couple of these words. Uh, the thoughts I think towards you. This word towards means upon, above, and over you. Think about that. So his thoughts and plans are upon, above, and over you. In other words, his thoughts and plans are always with you. And then this word think means it's calculated. There's, there's been time involved. There, there's, there's been a composition. There's been consideration. There's been a devising of a plan. So it wasn't something that was flippantly thought. It was something that was given deep consideration. That's cool if you think about it. So those kinds of plans, deep consideration, deep thought are plans that are, that are above you, on you, and with you. So I have to pursue this life that God has for me. Some of you have a story where you stepped out by faith and came to this area. There's, there's actually many people. We have a couple people from Georgia. We have people from Wisconsin back there. Uh, you're not a badger, are you? Are you a badger? <laughs> we have people that stepped out in faith. We, we had a man in this church that saw the logo of the church, that God showed him the logo of the church before he ever actually saw it. So that when he came and saw the logo, he said he knew that's where he was supposed to be. Those are, those are uh, pursuits of an uncommon thing that people could dismiss, they could, they could cast off as casual, as silly, as weird. But it's, it's, it's a life of faith. So pursuit means to chase something. Pursuit, pursuit means to chase something, to try to attain it or apprehend it. If you go with me to Philippians chapter 3, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 12. I'm reading now the Amplified. Not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been perfect, perfect, but I 
press on to lay hold of, grasp and make my own, that for which Christ Jesus the Messiah has laid hold of me and made me his own. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. In other words, in other words, the plans that God has for me, I know aren't complete yet. I haven't finished. I haven't walked out the full plans of God yet. But he says, but one thing I'll do it is it's my one aspiration. That word means it's a it's my one strong desire to achieve something. My one desire. My one desire. This pursuit of this lifestyle that's uncommon has to be our one desire. And he says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what's ahead. Well, how can I do that? Because the plans and the thoughts and what God's thought up for my life is is on me, around me, and with me. And so, therefore, no matter where I've been, those plans are still in play. So, I've got to forget what's behind and press into what God has thought up, carefully considered, and devised a plan for my life. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which... God in Christ Jesus calling us upward. Hey, hey, Jesus is coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> we got any Christians in here? Have you heard of the second coming of Christ? Okay. He's coming. So <laughs> I've got this to look forward to. Hey, for the Christian, I, it's been said for years that, that this earth is, is the most hell that you will ever experience. We will spend eternity in heaven. For the non-Christian, this earth is the most heaven they'll ever experience. This is the best that it will ever get for a non-Christian. Now imagine that. But for us, hey, we got something to look forward to. Sometimes I just think about everything that's going on and I just sit back and I meditate. And I think about being in heaven at the throne. I've got my anointed voice and I'm singing I'm singing to the Father. <laughs> as, as the angels are circling around, like, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And I think about this and I meditate on it. Because why? Because these are, are things that I'm headed toward. So Paul says, I'm pressing into this. In other words, I, I've, I've got to do this on purpose. I've got to press into this thing. And what pressing on, he goes, I press on this word, press on. I've never, I never knew this, but I looked up this word in the Greek. This word press on means I am pursuing. So he was telling us what he was pursuing. And it's aggressively chasing like a hunter pursuing a catch, earnestly desiring. To overtake it and apprehend it. It's aggressively chasing like a hunter pursuing a catch. 
earnestly desiring to overtake it. Paul was saying this, my pursuit of God and the plans God has for me is number one in my life. Anything outside of that is a distraction. Anything outside of that is is a sidetrack. Now, when I was in uh, college, I was in the car with some friends cruising down a Coey Street or a Coney Street. I can't remember the name of it. A Coney. A Coney Street. That's irrelevant to you. It's just... And uh, I see this girl, blonde-haired girl, big blue eyes, running on the sidewalk. And I thought, you know, that would be cool to date her. (laughs) And when summer break hit, I never saw her again after that for the rest of that school year. But when summer break hit and I came back to school... I saw her again, and I, and I immediately remembered that was the girl that I saw that night. And let me tell you something. A pursuit happened. <laughs> and it started, you know, when you're, when you're playing this little dating game, there's, it's, a, it's kind of a game, and I don't like it. But, you know, some, some people like to play hard to get. There's things that you should say, things you shouldn't say. I mean, like you shouldn't share your heart too soon because then they'll think that that's too forward and, and, and you're moving too fast, blah, blah, blah. But, so that's not what happened to me. Because I had done that before. I had written the sappy girl or the, the sappy letter to the one girl and then she ran away. So I was like, well, I'm not going to write any more sappy letters. But let me tell you something. I was a sap. Um, I had all of Chicago's records and tapes. I made love song mixtapes. I'm not saying it was right. But it, but it happened. REO Speedwagon, Chicago, Air Supply... You know what love was meant to be. <laughs> kind of love lasts forever. Peter Cetera. I couldn't sing like him, but I tried. You know, I got that microphone that reverberated on the inside, and I would sing in my dorm room. And so, anyway, I'm off that now. And so this pursuit took place and it was, it became my one desire. So you know what I did? I showed up. I did. I gave flowers. Yes. Yes. We talked. We shared our feelings. We talked to the wee hours of the morning. In fact, we were in a a college where you couldn't go into a girl's dorm or a guy's dorm. So when curfew came at midnight on the weekends, 11 on the weekdays, then we got on the dorm phone and 
because there wasn't cell phones back then. There were bag phones and the, and the cell phones were about the size of your shoe. It was like, and it was like $16 a minute only used in case of emergencies. I know there's not a lot of millennials in here, but so that's why you're laughing because you get it. So you would actually have to pick up the phone and now we, you know, we, we dial numbers. There, there used to be the round dials and we would talk to each other. It wasn't texting, emailing. It was talk. And so we would talk to the wee hours of the morning. I mean, like, and so until one of us heard the other one. And so we would talk each other to sleep at night. Talk, talk until talk, talk, talk. Um, we went to Chilhowie. We went to Lookout Mountain and, and saw Fat Man Squeeze and looked through the telescope where you could see seven states. It was, it's a, it's a thing. The, the Smoky Mountains. Smoky Mountains. It was a pursuit and I was all in on this pursuit till the day that I told her we went to the park. I remember the first time <laughs> Tinsley park. The first time I ever said, I'm in love with you. I'd never said that to a girl. And we were, we had a picnic and a basket and we looked in, into each other's eyes I think I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. And she says, I love you. I said, I love you. We loved each other. So we went to another park and I climbed a tree and made her climb a tree. This was months later. And I had bought a ring. I had no money. And I had bought a ring that wasn't very expensive and I got up there and I read 1 Corinthians 13 to her. And I said, will you marry me? And she said, of course I'll marry you. Exact words. Of course I'll marry you. I remember this day. I remember this day. In a tree. tree. (laughs) Two kids. We were... 20 years old, two kids. This year we'll be married 25 years. I aggressively pursued this woman until I apprehended her. Don't you remember the day that you got born again? And that, woo, man, that... That new life came. You, you, you know, you didn't understand what all this was, but, but boy, this you could, you could sometimes even tangibly feel it. There's, there was this change on the inside. The things that you, that just this, these knots and things, they were, they were for some reason there was such peace, there was such joy, and there was this aggressive pursuit of the knowledge of the change that 
how could this change be? And then so you begin to get taught of Jesus Christ and Jesus came, you know, and, and that brought faith and you gave your life to him. And it's this pursuit. Aggressive. There's this hunger. And so Jesus. So time goes on. And maybe there's some things that I took for granted. Maybe I maybe I became less thankful. But that aggressive pursuit was starting to pull, pull back, pull back. And Jesus said this to, in Revelation, he said, you've left your first love. What's, what's this word first mean? It means foremost, like out front, first, foremost. The most important thing is not all of the distractions and things of the world, but He is the most important thing. And the life that He has for you and I is the most important thing. And so He addresses this. He says, you left your first love. He said, there needs to be this rekindling, this, this, this aggressive pursuit If this was a marriage seminar, I would say that's the way husbands that we need to be toward our wives. You say, well, I'm already doing that. Well, do it more. Aggressively pursue (laughs) the gift that God's given. Amen. And so Jesus addresses this. So if we want to live a life that's full of wonderful surprises that God's promises us, this blessed life. What will he do next? What will our God do next? Everything God has is in his word, a blessed life, a life of peace, not turmoil, a life of joy, not sadness, a life that's stress-free and worry-free, a life of no cares. You say, well, how can that be? There's all these things that are going on in the world. How can you have no cares? Because Jesus said, cast all your cares. That means that that is a life that I have in him and I can receive that by faith by pursuing it. A life of prosperity, not poverty. A life that he's promised. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. Is this helping you tonight? But on the contrary, in the Amplified, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen or ear has not heard and has not entered in the heart of man, all that God has prepared. All that God has prepared. The Amplified says, made and keeps ready. So this plan is on you. It's with you. It's it's around you. And He's the maker of it. And he keeps it ready. Ready for what? For your pursuit of it. The cake 
is ready for you to pull it out of the box, read the instructions and follow directions. He keeps it ready. That's, that's got to be very encouraging for all of us. And so it goes on to say, for those who love him. See, our love for him proves our pursuit. Who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him. So Jesus says, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. Or you could say the word keep, you could say obey. I know we don't like that word. Uh, We like to just do whatever we want. Okay, none of you. All of you are so submitted. And and... but he says, if you love me, this is this is how you prove your love for me is to obey my commandments. And there's there's another scripture that says that or, or says it right there that I don't know if he says it right there, but there's another scripture that says that his commandments are not burdensome or heavy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. So in order to have all these things, I must aggressively chase after God and the plans that he has for me. That's what this, the woman with the issue of blood, you remember that story? She said within herself, if I can get to. In other words, she was willing to put herself out there. She wasn't even supposed to be out in public, but she was willing to uh, put herself out there to fight through the crowd. This, this was a aggressive pursuit. And when she got to Jesus, she got everything that he had for her. That anointing was immediately immediate healing in her body. And he said, your faith has made you whole. Her faith was an aggressive pursuit of the anointing that Jesus was walking in. Genesis chapter 12, go there real quick. It's Abraham. And God tells him, get away from your country, from your relatives, your father's house to the land. I will show you. There's a lot of people in this church that they got out of, away from their relatives. They left uh, their father's house, so to speak, to a different land, the land of Texas. <laughs> and it was a good land, the land of Texas, flowing with milk and honey. And so that's what Abram did. Uh, and he says, I will make you a great nation. Now, when God says, I will make you a great nation, who wouldn't want to hear that? That sounds great, Lord. You'll make me a great nation. Wow. That's your promise to me that I'll be a great nation. That's a great promise that you've made to me. But if Abraham, Abram at the time doesn't obey and do in verse one to get out away from his country, the relatives, his father's house to the land, I will show you. Then I will make you a great nation is made And God keeps ready for him, but he doesn't walk in it until he pursues it. So he 
says, I will bless you with abundant increase of favor. Make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. I will bless those who bless you who can, and curse those who curse you. Now look at Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26, verse 2. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Now this is Isaac. Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I will, what? Tell you or show you. So these are commands, directions that God has given. Dwell temporarily in this land. Watch this now. And I will... Be with you. So when God gives us instructions, which is what pastor's been talking about. When God gives us instructions, if it's to go or if it's to stay or if it's to step out, whatever those instructions may be, you are not going to do it alone. His promise to us is that he will be with us. He will favor you with blessing for to you and to your descendants, he said. So that is a key thing. I will be with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you. So what is my part? Well, Isaac's part here was was he was to not go down to Egypt. But that's. He was to live in this land temporarily. That was his part. So when Isaac obeys the voice of the Lord, then he, he has pursued it because, because he loves God. He obeys God. So, so this is his pursuit of what God has for him. Because in our obedience lie the promise or lay. Which is it? Lie or lay? Lay. The promises of God in our obedience. They're made. He keeps them ready. But it's through our obedience. It's obeying the instructions. It's following the instructions. And the what he tells us to do or the instructions is for our advantage. It's for our benefit. The other uh, night we were at dinner. And uh, we're at a steakhouse up, up a little ways from here. And I was sitting there and I noticed this couple sitting across. And I, I looked, I had to look around because there's somebody sitting across from me. And this little girl who was uh, pregnant and she just really stood out to me. And I've come to know that when I see someone like that, that God is pointing them out to me. For a, for a purpose. And so I sat there and I'm like, you know, I'm at dinner. Um, I, we're trying to eat. We just ordered. Um, we're in a restaurant. But the Lord says, go, go pray for her. So this is just a small practical example of something. So her husband gets up. And goes to the restroom, I guess. And, and so I said to Nikki, I said, we're supposed to go over there and pray for that girl. She goes, what, where, what girl? And I didn't even told her about this. And so she looks, she goes, that girl. I said, yeah, we're supposed to. I said, don't think. 
I said, don't think right now. Let's just do it. Let's just obey God. So we both get up, walk around, and, you know. So she approaches her to break the ice and um, says a few things. Is it okay if we pray for you and for, for your baby? And so, you know, Nikki led this prayer, and, and I grabbed this. Uh, her hands were in her lap, folded like this. Well, I grabbed her hand. Well, then she put her other hand on top of my hand. And like she was clenched and, and, you know, receiving this prayer. Well, the anointing of God, I know when I, when I feel it and release it and the anointing of God was released and boy, she was so thankful. And then her husband came back. She told her husband and as we were leaving, she said, thank you so much. So you walk out of there and some Christians would say, well, did, did you lead them in a prayer? No, the Lord, the Lord didn't have us do that. Our part was to pray for the child. That was our part. And so we did our part. And so we obeyed the instructions of the Lord. We did our part. Do I, do I always see the fruit of everything that God has me do? Not this side of heaven. But we're laying up treasures in heaven. So we don't know the lives that we affect when we're obedient to the instructions of the father and see, cause part of this is this anointing for her, for whatever she needed, but also as part of, and I'm not saying this is practice for me, but you know, when we don't obey these instructions and we, and we press down these things and, and hold them down, then the things that God is trying to do in our life, when that's a step of faith for a lot of people, no, I'm not comfortable with, with doing that. Well, you've got anointing of God on the inside of you that someone else needs. And so what that means is that you're selfish. You're only thinking about yourself when that anointing that's on the inside of you can change someone's life. And I said that strong on purpose. Because, because what if you're who God needs right then? Yes, he'll send another, but you'll miss out. And so these are things that, uh, you know, Peter steps out of the boat. So it says, it says that, that when God gives us instructions, he is with us. Peter stepped out of the boat on the word of God, walked on water. He noticed the winds were boisterous. He began to sink. It says instantly Jesus grabbed his hand. Jesus was there with him. Do you get this? So Jesus gave the instruction to come and Jesus was there all along was with him. Now, would you say that walking on water is uncommon? I would say, I would say so, unless you live up North and you walk on the frozen lake and then that's more common up there. But normally a person can't walk on water. So he walked on water and it was uncommon, but Jesus was there with him. So God's not going to ask you to do something and he's not going to be there with you. He's, he is there with you every step of the way. He's made the plan and he keeps it ready. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful and prosperous man. And his master saw that God prospered all that Joseph did. The Lord was with 
Joseph. The, the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And God prospered everything that Joseph did. And when he went into the prison, guess what? There was such favor on him. The Lord was with Joseph. Anybody else named Joseph? Oh, we got two more Josephs. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful and prosperous man. And the master of the house noticed that God was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Are you Joseph? Josephiah. Okay, I'm going to run through here. I started this now. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And the master of the house noticed that the Lord was with him. See, God with us. People will see this on us. So that's what's cool is that when we pursue the promises of God, that he's with us the whole way. Oh, I can't wait till they get to this part. I can't wait till they see the surprise that I've got for them now. This, this is living uncommon. This is, is a lifestyle. It's pursuing this lifestyle. It's adventures in faith. Brother Jerry, for all these years, has, has had so many great adventures, so many great stories. But he pursued. When God said go, he went. One of my favorite stories that he doesn't tell all the time. But the Lord told him to go to Montana to find his cousin because his cousin was going to die if he didn't. No cell phones, no way of getting a hold of the man. The man had gone off the grid. And so he went to, went to Montana. He drove up, didn't he? Yeah. Drove to Montana. It, he was with his dad. And they drove around Montana. Montana's a big state. No clue where he was. And they prayed in tongues as they drove around Montana. And about four days in, they stopped at this diner to eat in this town. And Brother Jerry just had this unction to ask, okay, do you happen to know my cousin who, who his name is Wade Porter? And no, we don't know anyone by that name. Um, well, he also goes by this other name, Forebears. Oh, Forebears? Yeah. Yeah, I know who Forebears is. The whole state of Montana, it's a huge landmass. In a little bitty town, we're in a, in a diner. What? Following the direction of the Holy Ghost. Listening, heeding instructions. And so they said, they showed him where he lived and they went up. And, and because they showed up, they saved this man's life. And he ended up moving to uh, Fort Worth and went to Jerseyville Bible School. He came out of Bible school. Uh, Brother Jerry sent him over to Kenya where he stayed for 30 years in ministry. Started a church in Kenya. Heritage, or what was it called? Living Faith or Heritage, or I don't know. Anyway, wonderful work over there. 
All because now your mind's going to go tilt on that. No, I'm supposed to just go to Montana. There's all kinds of stories like that. All kinds of stories where people, I mean, Elijah, like I said, Elijah went and by the brook, ravens fed him and, and God provided. You just do what God says to do. But, but along the way, as we take these steps of faith, one step at a time, and then there's the next step, and then there's the next step. He doesn't give us the whole cake already baked. There's instructions to it, and we got to follow the instructions. But in those instructions, boy, as, as a, another thing starts coming together and You now can smell the aroma. It's a sweet smell. It's a great life that God has for us. So our pursuit of Him and His plans, in our pursuit of Him and His plans, He is with us. The maker of the plans is with us. I want to drive this home tonight. The maker of the plans that He's made that he's carefully thought, that he's carefully considered, that he devised this plan for your life. He is with you. And he keeps it ready for you to walk in it. Can I get an amen? Amen. He said, we, we know that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He says, I am with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion. Moses says, I don't want to go if you don't go with me. He says, I am with you. So God is with us all the time. And he's, he's, he's uh, instructing us. The Holy Spirit is instructing us along the way so that we can fulfill the plan of God. When two or three are gathered in his name, there is he in the midst of them. He is with us right now. One last scripture. It's found in Genesis chapter 34. (laughs) No, it's Exodus 34. The Lord said, I lay down afresh the terms of this mutual agreement between me and Israel, a covenant. Before all your people, I will do marvels, wonders, miracles, such have not been wrought or created in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among you shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a fearful and full of awe and wonder of the things that I will do. So not only is, is he with us, these are things that he's going to do in our life. Things that we're going to see in our lifetime. Things that we're going to see in this church, in this ministry. So come every service expecting to receive a miracle. Come every service expecting to receive a miracle, expecting God to do a new surprise, expecting God to do a new wonder, expecting God to do 
another miracle. Miracle after miracle. That's what you'll see. Because why? Because God is in the midst of you and me. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah.